Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thanks for joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner and myself. My name is Chris Swan. Here's how you reach out. 419-794-3030. It's 419-794-3030 online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. On today's show, how to find that perfect spot when it comes to your retirement investments. But first, let me check in with the guys. Uh, Scott Kirshner is not with us this week, but we do have a special guest and I'm going to go and put a disclaimer out there. There was no relation, but uh, Robert Swan of Swan Global Investments Guys, glad to be with you. How are you? Uh, we're doing great. Rob came up from Florida, and I thought I would introduce him to uh, Northwest Ohio weather. And uh, <laughs> it really fits well with our topic that we're talking about today, which is how to build an all-weather portfolio. So, Rob, thanks for coming up. Thanks. Appreciate it. Feel like um, Noah and the Ark, right? We need to be building something. And that's one of the things that you need to prepare for when uh, the saying goes, it wasn't raining when Noah built the Ark. You need to prepare for whatever may come down the line uh, in your retirement, you're going to have those sunny Florida days. You're going to have those uh, less than sunny uh, Ohio days from time to time. And depending on where you want to ultimately end up, uh, can factor into your plan as well. So let's go ahead and jump into the show. Seems like every time we turned around this summer, the market was hitting new highs. But September has historically been the worst month of the year when it comes to stocks. And analyst Bill Baruch tells Fox Business, this one, well, it probably isn't any different. You saw this last year. We had a nice big run into September, and uh, and then out of nowhere, we had a couple of days where where it started moving lower, and it, and it fed on itself. I'm not saying we're going to fall, you know, 10 percent like we did last September, but I think we're due for a correction. Now, optimistically, we would love to think that those record highs are going to just keep coming, but realistically, I think we all know eventually the market will turn, and when that does happen, I'm wondering if the average person's investments really do line up with uh, what they say their risk tolerance level is. It's a you know very valid statement. Uh, people are probably comfortable. You know, obviously, when the weather's comfortable outside, you're feeling like, yeah, I could deal with this all the time. But then again, you know, like we've experienced here lately in the last couple of days, things can change kind of in a hurry. You know, if you look at last week, CNBC noted that uh, the 20% decline club is getting larger and larger. And uh, really, the number of small and mid-cap stocks, 20% uh, or more below their 52-week highs, is uh, significantly greater than large cap. So according to the email from First Trust on 921, what you have is uh, about 48% of small and mid-cap stocks have actually begun to decline. Uh, so September proved to be a traditional September, which uh, it created a little bit of volatility. And I think the challenge that the average investor is, you know, wanting is to stay invested, you know, to, to try to participate in these gains, but avoiding significant losses, you know, when the markets change or go south. And, you know, last Monday was kind of really a good example of how the wild swings in the stock market happened. You know, at one point, the market was down over 900 points and the, the Dow plunges 700 points is kind of set for the worst day in 10 months as the debt woes in China uh, really rattled stocks. So it's been kind of a, a good example of where things can kind of change in, in a little bit of a hurry. 
And you have the major gains in last year has, has really left a lot of investors' portfolios somewhat out of balance. I mean, the good news is, is you know, equities have been really strong. Uh, you know, they've continued to be robust where bonds have maybe been somewhat flat to negative, depending on what type of bonds that you have. And, you know, what it does is it, it creates this emotional roller coaster for investors. So, uh, Rob, I don't know if you uh, get involved and you've probably, like me, you know, had a lot of experience of dealing with investors' emotions. And that's probably one of the challenging things, you know, when it comes to the roller coaster ride of uh, investors' emotions. Wouldn't you agree? I would totally agree, Nolan. I think that or what I've learned over many, many years um, in the markets is that I can't predict the markets. I mean, every year the, that I think that I'm going to be able to predict the market, I'm proven wrong. I think that my success ratio is less than 30%. So you wouldn't want to listen to me or I think anybody else on what the markets are going to do. And what we've seen recently is a lot of choppiness in the markets. We've seen the ability for the markets to really sell off very quickly and then bounce back just as quickly. And so your point about being well-prepared, um, those risk tolerances that investors have, do they really line up with what they're doing? You may not have time to run out of the house when it starts on fire. And I think it's very important to be thinking about those elements and making sure that you're well-positioned and that your portfolio has really considered the possibility of a 20% decline in very short order. And so for you as a listener, I think one of the things to think about is, you know, where are you personally at in your emotions on the roller coaster ride that you can get, you know, with the investment world? If you look at the chart, it really shows the point of maximum financial risk is where, you know, somebody is at a euphoria stage or, you know, the market is so hot. If I, you know, don't buy in more, I'm going to miss out. And, you know, maybe we see this with the, the theme of the meme stocks this year or the digital currency and the euphoria that people create. I don't know if people are necessarily at a euphoria stage with the stock market. Um, you know, maybe you're somewhere between this has been excellent. This is exciting. You know, it's it's very uh, you know, great. Maybe the month of September has left you a little bit anxious. Uh, but the point of that being is, you know, those are the areas that you're getting closer to what could be uh, the higher risk point when it comes to investing. Um, so as we kind of potentially look to maybe change courses, and I'm kind of like you, it's uh, very difficult to predict, you know, what the stock market's going to do in the short term. But if we use our emotions and history as a guideline, it can tell us that now's maybe a really good time to, to implement some specific strategies uh, to take advantage of where things are at. So, you know, first of all, I would talk about the term of rebalancing. You know, when we look at rebalancing and we think about the world of investing, it's, it's pretty simple. You buy low, you sell high, right? It's simple in concept. It's difficult oftentimes in practice because, you know, why would you want to sell your, your winners and go buy your losers is kind of what the concept behind rebalancing is. There's also something that uh, the reason, Rob, I invited you guys on today is not only because we, uh, as full disclosure, use you guys in our portfolios, but also, I think if we look at the traditional approach of rebalancing, you know, that would be having some type of combination between stocks and bonds. You know, that's the old thought process of I'm a 60-40 mix. Um, what's your overall thought process with, you know, the markets and maybe rebalancing right now? Those are great questions. I think that one of the things that everybody ought to understand is that this concept of rebalancing the portfolio with a mixture of cash and stock and bonds 
um, was referred to as modern portfolio theory. And I think that's kind of interesting because uh, modern portfolio theory was created somewhere around four decades ago. So I think that's probably the only thing that is 40 years old that we call modern. But one of the things I think that is really interesting is that modern portfolio theory, this concept of, of rebalancing or diversification to avoid the large losses um, hasn't really worked all that well. When the markets turn south, a lot of these asset classes fall in tandem, and you do end up with losing money across the board. And if you're smart enough to predict the market and get out of that of the way and to time that top, um, that is great. But you really need to understand when to get back, get back in, or you're going to miss out on that opportunity for that kind of balance. And so I think that Swan has always taken a different approach that we, we completely believe in diversification and rebalancing the portfolio. But we think of making sure that you're positioned with the right insurance, if I use that as an analogy, um, on your house, life, car, health, to avoid those large losses and to basically protect yourself. So you're not, you're not having to worry about, uh, about when that's going to occur. And I guess if you do think about traditional modern portfolio theory, again, the concept been a long, quite a long time, but you know, there, there could be other options, other things that are available. And, you know, on today's show, talking about how to build an all-weather portfolio, we'll give you a couple of different ideas on things that maybe would be a different approach than that traditional approach. But, yeah, I would agree if you look at some of the capital market assumptions with things like, uh, you know, where the outlook of bonds would be with rising interest rates, it, it shows that those categories, you know, could be a very challenging place to drag on a portfolio return. Um, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense if there's an area of risk to continue to kind of be in that category where you can look at other things, you can, you can do other, other approaches. So if you've had some strong gains within the market, one of the things that you could do and, you know, we talk about is maybe uh, protecting your profits, you know, from market gains by actually moving them out of the stock market. That's one of the, the options that you have. And if you look at that, you know, in our practice, we've utilized things like fixed index annuities. Uh, you know, to provide hopefully some better growth potential that when you could get another traditional fixed income investments while still providing some safety to, you know, maybe build back up what I would call a plan B, you know, serving in the Marine Corps, we we're always taught to have a plan B and utilizing things that are protected against market losses can help kind of give the plan B. And something that's also I've seen become much more popular in the last couple of years is what is called buffered ETFs. Um, and a lot of people aren't, you know, maybe familiar with those, but I kind of think of those as somewhat of a hybrid between, you know, a traditional, you know, ride the roller coaster ride of the equity markets and, you know, the, the safety and guarantees of, of a fixed index annuity. And I know that you have a lot of experience in, in working with, um, you know, Pacer and doing some of these strategies and things. Maybe for the audience, if you talk a little bit about uh, the concept of what a, a buffered ETF is, Rob, that'd be great. The concept of a buffered ETF is very much uh, drawn from the bank structured product um, type of offerings. And the basic idea is I want to lose this much if the market goes down this much. So there's a managed expectation piece, um, but it really acts like an insurance policy where you might have a 5% deductible and then you are covered up to a certain point and then your insurance kind of ends after a certain point, um, but you're comfortable with having that kind of a contract in a sense. And, and pay for that contract? Well, you pay for it by upside. So you're willing to give away upside in the market above some certain point. So if the market stays in that range, then you are going to 
get the return to the market. And if the market goes up above that cap, then you basically are going to give up those additional returns. And for that, you get this more defined managed expectation on the downside to protect the portfolio. The next example I think that we have been using, which is in some of our models that we have uh, really within our King series is what's called hedged equities. So another way to kind of look at something that's a little bit unique, maybe if you touch on the concept of hedge equity is uh, I think that'd be also very helpful. So I would say that the buffered products, the buffered um, structured products are also considered to be hedged equity because it is taking out risk. It is basically uh, buying something in the portfolio that is going to move in the opposite direction, just like your insurance policy would. And it's going to cover against losses. The difference between our defined risk strategy approach uh, that we've been running since 1997 is that we are not structuring out the upside in the market in such a passive way. Um, additionally, we are not putting something in place to where the protection ends at some point. And sometimes I like to look at that like dental insurance. Dental insurance may cover $5,000 a year and it may be really low cost. But if you had a $15,000 event, your dental insurance probably, you wouldn't be happy that that, you know, in terms of its coverage. And so what we're doing in the defined risk strategy is providing for a lot bigger potential for protection on the downside. And trying to use our active management to to basically minimize that upside give up. So we want to give you as much of the upside as possible and the most protection as possible. And that's the fundamental difference. And the last example that I would utilize in, uh, you know, trying to take a look at in today's market, the things that investors should do, and I know we're coming up on a break here pretty quick, is to use predetermined exit and entry points. Um, think about things before they happen. Um, you can utilize stop losses. So if an investor is concerned about, you know, how much loss that can take in a portfolio, stop losses is an example. Uh, there's also something that I refer to as called buy on the dip. So, you know, again, as markets uh, have good rallies, if you have more money that you want to de deploy, it's a matter of trying to identify, okay, what specifically would be the point that you would deploy that? By using these predetermined items, it's going to be a way to help investors remove the emotions of investing. So again, not only the uh, emotions of that roller coaster ride, which is not so much enjoyable, uh, removing the emotions and using some of these defined outcomes and defined strategies, I think, can help an investor uh, become a little bit smarter about making decisions of where we're at within the markets right now. It's like the late great Kenny Rogers said uh, in The Gambler, you know, you got to know when to hold them, you got to know when to fold them. You want to have that plan before you are in the thick of it. When, when you were seeing these market downturns, look back to last March when people were were selling at all-time lows because they thought they were comfortable with, with as much risk as they were taking on, but they forgot that there is an actual downside to that. Developing that plan all starts with picking up the phone and giving a call to America's Retirement Headquarters. Start developing it right now, 419-794-3030. Or you can go online to America's Retirement Headquarters.com. Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly 14 million years ago expansion started. Wait, the year began to cool the This week back in 2007, the Big Bang Theory premiered on CBS. If you're a fan of the show, you know that the character Sheldon, well, he has a favorite spot on the couch where no one else is allowed to sit. It turns out Sheldon's not alone in that. A new survey finds most of us have a preferred spot when we get annoyed when someone else tries to take it. I guess, honestly, it's about finding a comfort level, something that you guys must see a lot when you're helping clients manage their life savings, right? It, it really is. I think we all have kind of our comfort level and our favorite spot within the house. I know I have a couple favorite spots, but certainly I do have my favorite spot within the house. How about you, Rob? 
Definitely have my favorite spot in the house. Um, you know, it's kind of going back to what we've been talking about. I guess you just want to make sure that you've got your your portfolio positioned to where if your house burns down, that you basically are well protected. And, you know, I think about that as I also think about today's show is, again, on how to build an all-weather portfolio. Um, it's certainly a good idea to make sure that you have the right insurances in place to protect against a house fire. But, you know, that's, you know, fairly unlikely that that happens, although that does happen sometimes. To me, you know, where maybe a little bit of the differences with Sheldon and the Big Bang Theory and his favorite place in the house is when you're in the house, it's really easy to set the thermostat at 72, Mm -hmm. right? That's where you're comfortable at. And the nice thing is, is, you know, it stays at that cool temperature or perfect weather that you have. You can put your favorite pair of sweatpants on. You can turn the TV on, uh, maybe turn on your favorite big game and watch some football, go to the fridge and, you know, get something to drink and make some popcorn. It's real comfortable, right? And it's always really comfortable. The, the problem is, is I look at the average investor as maybe not necessarily always inside the average investor you know is is typically outside facing the the weather that comes and you know if we look at here in northwest ohio this last week is a good example of the fact that it's pretty easy to predict the weather changes that we have here in northwest ohio i mean we know we go through the the four seasons uh we know that the fall is coming we can see the leaves are changing colors we you know know it's time to get the stuff from the outside cleaned up and put away you know for the winter that's going to be coming we know what the seasons are the stock market it, it also goes through those seasons too the, the challenge is is it's not always as easy to kind of predict you know what those changing of the weather are like it's going to be here in northwest ohio and to me it comes down to trying to figure out how to build a portfolio that for you as an investor is going to make you feel comfortable all the time. So a lot of investors might feel very comfortable right now and they might think, well, you know, my risk is great. I mean, I look at my statements, my portfolio is doing good. We've been, you know, having a really good time. So I would say right now I'm very comfortable. And and to me, that's like standing outside a couple of weeks ago when I was playing golf and the weather was just, you know, that mid seventies, it was fantastic. But what happens when you're outside and the weather changes like it did this last week and it's, you know, nothing but rain, you know, do you have the right gear, the right equipment? Do you have the right approach to be able to do that? Going back to what we talked all about in the first segment there, Rob, is we talked about the traditional approach is asset allocation. And so with asset allocation, you're standing outside and you're hoping that you have more comfortable days and it's more sunny that by the time the year finishes up, you felt okay. I think you've hit it spot on. You pointed to the house. Um, everybody has insurance on their house if they own a house, and their house probably has never burnt down. And I hope their house never burns down. But the stock market is one of those things that is going to burn down on a regular basis. And it's probably going to burn down multiple times during mm-hmm. an investor's cycle. And they do remember that. But after a time when everybody's making a lot of money in the stock market, everybody's throwing in the towel and saying, I'm just going to invest long the market. And they're taking on a lot more risk. And I think that that's the whole concept of the all weather portfolio. Uh, 
we at Swan believe in always being invested and always being hedged. And having a hedge in the portfolio, having something that is going to pay off and to provide you with protection returns when the markets go south, they're designed to do that, are going to give you that opportunity to really buy low in the way that you're talking about. Because if you have something in the portfolio that is providing that additional performance when the markets are going south, you don't have to take a loss and get out of your equity. You could basically allow that to recover and you could take the excess profits from your insurance policy, in a sense, your hedge, and you could basically use that to buy more stock. It is a great disciplined way to be able to sell high your hedge and buy low the market and really protect yourselves without worrying about trying to time it or predict the market. And, you know, one of the things I think the, the challenge is, is a lot of times people get focused in looking at things in what's called relative returns. And, you know, relative returns is looking at the performance of your accounts versus a, a similar investment. So it's like hearing that uh, an investor is doing good because they're only down 20 percent and the overall market's down 30 uh, using relative returns, you know, one investor might say that their investments are doing poor when they're up only 10 percent, you know, but the market's up 15 to me, relative returns is important when investors are concerned about how everybody else is doing. It's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses. And, you know, that can also lead to investors making poor decisions when they're not looking at the context of their own investments. And, you know, prior to today's show, Rob and I were talking a little bit about this concept. And, you know, one of the things that we have talked about a lot on the radio show is uh, one of the softwares that we utilize to create what's called an investment policy statement for our clients. Within developing an investment policy statement for a client, what we're trying to do is trying to get to that comfortable spot on the couch and what their comfort level is and you know how they should move along uh, within establishing what I call guardrails. You know, what what if we looked at your portfolio over a six-month time frame is a realistic expectation of what the returns should be? And uh, you know, I might want to travel at uh, 75 miles an hour just because I'm still cruising along and I've got a long time to retirement time. And, you know, a, a retiree might want to uh, only cruise at uh, 45 to take some time to slow down and uh, enjoy life. And, you know, they don't want those those wild roller coaster rides. When we look at things like, you know, relative returns or looking at the things that the overall markets are doing, what would you say, you know, with your guys's approach is a little bit different than than what you're looking at for relative returns? Well, I think that we are really concentrating on providing kind of long, stable returns. Our, you know, long-term track record since 1997 is in that, you know, seven and a half, eight percent range. Um, but it's been a lot smoother ride. We've been able to navigate a huge number of events. We basically are taking timing out of the mix quite a bit. Uh, prediction, we're not going to cash. The emotions actually don't uh, really affect us as much because if you have the right insurance on your house, using that as an analogy, and your house burns down, then you're going to be able to get a new house. And if your house burns down multiple times, that means that the protection that you're putting in place is used over and over and over again. And so by being always invested and always hedged, you really don't have to worry. It's more like what you're talking about. You're, you're in the house. You're basically at a 72 degree temperature. You can control that and you could basically accept that ride. And comparing yourself to whatever Bitcoin or, or whatever company is making 100% in the given year, that's not a way to build and preserve long-term wealth, in our opinion. That's fun. Take a little bit of your money and do that. That's, that's more like going to the casino, uh, but that's not really the way to build long-term wealth and protect it. I think now more than ever, it's so important for you guys as investors, if you're listening, to really know what you own 
and why you own it. Then in, it's also important, I think, to try to stress test the portfolios doing different environments so you can make the best educated decision about what your own personal investments can do moving forward. Um, another good example that we did is within our software, we were able to kind of stress test our portfolios, looking at an environment where, you know, maybe the market doesn't go up as much as it has in the past 10 years, and you have rising interest rates. That, to me, is probably uh, a very possible, likely scenario that the market could do. And by knowing those numbers and stress testing the portfolio now, it allows you to make decisions on how maybe to rebalance the portfolio to get you in a position that could give you, you know, the potential to achieve those goals that you're wanting to do in the most efficient manner. Uh, but again, it's kind of really important right now to take a look and have a good understanding of what you own within your portfolios. Uh, now is probably more important than ever to get control of it, especially for those folks that are either close to or in retirement time, because uh, really you only get one shot at retirement. So hopefully that uh, gives you some good pointers on how to build an all-weather portfolio. You may have been cruising along for the past 20 years, certainly the past 13 years, you know, the market going up, easy to make money. Uh, and that was your plan, just keeping money in the market. I'm going to reference the great philosopher Mike Tyson here. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. There is there is something coming down the line. And, and as uh, Robert said there, it's not a question of when the market's going to take a downturn, but how many times. And so you want to have a plan that's going to be able to weather the next market downturn, the downturn after that. You want to have that all-weather plan. And that's where America's Retirement Headquarters comes into play. 419-794-3030. Start developing that plan. 419-794-3030. You can always find them online. AmericasRetirementHeadquarters.com. We want to thank you so much for joining us today, as, as we always do. Really do appreciate it. Hope you have an excellent week ahead of you. Please stay safe out there. And guys, as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. Appreciate that. And the last thing I'd probably say is I, I think this is a very, very important subject. And I think you just want to be positioned in the best way possible to be able to not only avoid that loss when it does come, because it is going to come, but also to be able to take advantage of it on the other side. You don't want to be caught by that emotional roller coaster where you're basically selling at the wrong time and buying at the wrong time. Well, I, I loved your quote, so I'll wrap up the show with another George Foreman quote, which is, the question isn't at what age I want to retire, it's at what income. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussion not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.